Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. Citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new survivor Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus. Feel good this afternoon. What's up, everybody? Welcome in to the early edge in our week 11. Hard to believe, isn't it? Our week 11 NFL mega preview. We do it every single Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern time. For those of you watching live, for those of you watching on demand, we love you as well. Now, I never thought that I'd be able to say this again or be in a scenario to say this again. But today, a very special show. Sometimes... Guys go on assignment. So today I go one on one with the great one. My old partner used to say that. Welcome in the stoic one, RJ White. Everything NFL at Sportsline and the Early Edge. RJ, good afternoon, sir. Just being you today. Good afternoon. Looking forward to it. It should be fun. Absolutely. Let's jump right in. We got a bunch of games to get to. Four teams this week are on a bye. By the way, smash that like button when you come in to watch the show. Really helps us grow. Falcons, Colts, Patriots, and Saints, they will be sitting this weekend. Thursday night, fascinating one, RJ. We've got the Bengals coming off really a debilitating loss to the Houston Texans late. One of the five last-second field goals to win a game. Then you got the Ravens also in the same boat. Up 14 on the Browns. Can't hold the lead. Lose debilitating. So here's the number. Three and a half. According to BetMGM, the total is 46. Both teams come in licking their wounds. Your thoughts? Yeah, my first thoughts is, oh my God, a good matchup on Thursday Night Football. What do we do to deserve this? I mean, this late <laughs> in the season, you figure every game's going to be like Titans-Texans, you know, or Titans-Jaguars, but it is a really good one. Since his offense was okay, despite the receiver injuries in that game, fourth quarter interceptions were killer. But Joe Burrow, you know, the last few weeks he's shown he's going to be fine. Uh, I don't think that we'd mark them down for that at all. The defense, however, was awful. They had a few good games um, you know, where it looked like they were back. Now they're down to 31st in yards per play and yards per rush again. They couldn't stop Devin Singletary, of all people, who couldn't get anything going the week before. Um, so that's problematic. And and I believe, you know, both their defensive ends got injured, Hendrickson and Hubbard. So we'll see their availability in this game. It's a quick turnaround. They could be more impactful than, than you know, what's happening on the offensive side of the ball because uh, they might not be able to get some stops here baltimore like you said late had that it that uh that late meltdown but they had the game in hand before that weird deflected pick six set that up um, that really shouldn't have happened and so i'm not marking them down really i'm what i'm more worried about is that their defense couldn't stop deshaun watson in the second half a hobbled mm-hmm. deshaun watson um that that looked awful before the first half took a big hit had to go in early it couldn't throw the, the hail mary at the end of the half and then he all of a sudden comes out and looks like joe burrow you know and we know that joe burrow is much better than him already so i wonder if both teams are going to score points here i'm 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 not um you know confused at all that why this is up at 46 it seems like it could be a high scoring game what, what do you want to play here it comes down to the health the since these receivers and their defense events my power ratings would have the line at two and a half but that's assuming a little bit better injury health and uh, and that the since defense isn't as bad as it looked last week so i'm probably not going to play this the side here i might look to the ravens team total especially if you can get it under that key number of 24 right now i see some books have it at 24 and a half a little bit shaded to the under so keep an eye on that if this if overall total comes down a little bit um we might be able to get Ravens 23 and a half and at that point I would take their over yeah really smart way to attack this game EQ in the chat says the hook is so crucial couldn't have said it any better when if that said minus three that would change our whole perception of this game but the three and a half just feels like just a little bit too much so I like the team total and I don't mind that over either the way both defenses looked last week now let's stay in the AFC North the Steelers are going to Cleveland. The Browns all of a sudden, let's not sleep on them. They're laying four, total 36 and a half. Pittsburgh did get it done at home. Mike Tomlin continues to shock us week after week. But this Browns team, do you believe in them now? 
that they were able to make that comeback and get the job done in Baltimore. Well, I've never really believed in them because I don't think Deshaun Watson has played very well. But what we saw in the second half of that game, you know, starting to get a little bit of a believer. I'm not going to buy fully in. I believe they're a lot better than the Steelers, a team that's been outgained in nine straight games despite their record. I think that's a team you want to look to fade. They were lucky to beat Cleveland in the first meeting. We know how that game was going to go. I think going in, uh, Cleveland's coming off that big win. And we're like the Pittsburgh luck box at home is just going to strike and they're going to do whatever they need to do to win this game. And they had two defensive touchdowns and a 71 yard pass touchdown that that's not really repeatable. And they were able to eke out a win there. So I think you're going to get better performance from the Browns here. Their defense is still elite across the board. They battled back after Baltimore got out to a very quick start in that game. There was a that that Kyle Hamilton pick six, and then Baltimore added on some more points. And Cleveland didn't give up. They fought back, and they won that game, so credit to them. Pittsburgh defense, 26th in yards per rush. So even though there are offensive tackle issues for Cleveland with both their offensive tackles out for the season, and then Dewan Jones also battling an injury as one of the replacements, um, they might not have to worry about Sean Watson getting pressured that much because just hand it to the running back and let them do their thing. And the pass rush is taken out of the game for, for, for the most part. So I think if Cleveland leans on the run game here, it makes life e- easy for Deshaun Watson and that they can cover this number because I'm not a big believer in this Pittsburgh offense, especially against an elite defensive unit. I think they're going to do enough to cover here. I, my power ratings have this at six, and that's with me being a little bit of a Browns hater for most of the season. I've bumped them slightly above average at this point, and I have this line at six. So I think it's a pretty short here. You might be able to get some three and a halves in the market if you just do look out for that and find the three and a half i would jump all over that jump all over it's still hard to believe rj isn't it that when you look at all the teams in the afc just on the afc that this is the only division that all four teams are over 500 cincinnati has the worst record somehow the steelers and the browns are six and three so for some reason we go we do so many shows but yet we're sleeping on this division somehow a little bit as far as giving them respect do you feel that way well, I think we all thought that the Bengals would get it together once Burrow was healthy, and since they were dra- they were you know dragging at the bottom of that division, that they would they would um, you know make it competitive at the end. It's really surprising to see what the Steelers have done, considering their yardage numbers, like we said, in their splits, um, and then the the Browns. I mean, that offense has been a train wreck for most of the season. Mm-hmm. So, really fortunate for them to pull out some wins, a lot relying on their defense. Some fortunate matchups. I know they had it bad the other way. They had that Dorian Thompson Robinson game where he was not ready to play, and they completely did not have a chance in that game. But then it gets paid back on the other hand when they get the one game between Josh Dobbs and Kyler Murray when they get to face Clayton Toon, who can't move the ball at all. And they uh, they had, I think, 1.2 yards per play in that game, just a complete defensive domination. So they get a little of it both ways here. Um, and so I think Cleveland, a little bit overrated at 6-3. and three. I, I, I would I consider them more of a 5-4 and four team. Um, and then um, the Bengals, I think, are going to be better in the second half than the first half. For those of you that have just dropped in to check out our show because word of mouth is so big and you're saying – this might be the smartest human being as far as NFL is concerned that I've ever listened to. You would not be alone. This man is everything NFL. It doesn't matter what I ask him. Boom. Now, Jared, totally agree. RJ Steelers O has been abysmal, but yet somehow they figured out a way to get W's. That's what this league is all about. Six and three. All right. Game number three, Sunday, one o'clock, the bears. They've been kind of a good story, I guess. They haven't been great. They haven't been horrible. Kind of a good story. But they're taking on one of the best stories, RJ, in the entire league. The Lions, they go on the road last week. It was punch, punch, counterpunch, counterpunch. And alas, one of those game-winning, end-of-game field goals, 41-38. They're laying 10. The total is 47. I'm leaning to the Detroit side because I just think they're rolling and the Bears can't keep up. Would you say I would be accurate with that? So here's the interesting thing. It's, it's, I'm glad that we got this game right after you called me the smartest human being on the planet or whatever you said, because I think I'm going to throw a little bit of that out the window in this game and say okay. there are those weeks of the season where things just go weird and go, you know, we, we experience them every year. How did this happen? How did this big favorite lose? These type of things. I think that's going to happen this week. There are a number of games where you get double digit favorites, this being one of them, a lot of these teams are playing on Thursday. So they're in these spots where they're expected to completely handle the opponent they're playing. They have a short turnaround. They have Thanksgiving week dealing with, you know, where are we going to have the dinner? When are we going to have the dinner? Family in town, all this stuff. I have to figure all that out. And uh, you have to play this game on a short week. And you might take the foot off the gas against an opponent that everybody expects you to beat because of the spread. So I only point that out to say this is kind of like the, the, the weird spot week, the dangerous week. Don't 
don't take anything for granted this week. There's going to be some teasers that get ruined. There's going to be some money line favorites. If you throw three teams in a money line favorite pool and you say there's no way this can lose, one of those teams is going to lose. So just be careful. This is the week of being careful. Now, this game in particular, Detroit's defense, fourth in yards per rush, so Chicago's offense is going to have to have success passing. And if Justin Fields is back, which we thought he might be last week, then I think they could have some success passing. He's had some pretty solid games there. Detroit, the Chicago's defense, first in yards per rush. But Detroit coming off back-to-back 200-yard rushing games. Got David Montgomery back last week, and then Gibbs did it mostly on his own the week before. So interesting strength versus strength here with Chicago's defense against uh, Detroit's offense there. The recent solid Chicago defense run came against a lot of offenses that couldn't pass, and we know Detroit's offense can pass. They're fifth in yards per pass on the season. Uh, I But you, then you come to the spot. I'm worried about the spot for Detroit. Early Thursday game next. Could be sleepy in the spot. If Fields returns, I think the line at 10 is accurate. If he's if it's Tyson Bajant, I would make it a little higher, so I agree with what you're saying there. But just the weirdness of the spot, uh, I think that Chicago might be able to keep it close. So if I play anything, it's going to be Chicago, but I do want Fields to be back before I play it. Now, I think that's a really, really good point. Just from a football standpoint, if you take the betting out of it, let's not sleep on the fact that Detroit is 7-2, and two, Philadelphia is 8-1, and one, so now with eight games to go, we're going to have to start looking at that number one seed, and teams are like, I just need to get in, win, and get out. So think about – I didn't even think about what RJ just said when it comes to Thanksgiving week next week. Six teams playing on Thursday next week. Now – our next game, Chargers laying three at the Packers. Now, Green Bay, they've made some games of it, but we saw on Sunday they just aren't built, in my opinion, to finish games, to run through the finish line. Now, the Chargers, you could say the same thing because they're beating teams like the Bears, but then they give up 41 points to Detroit. Total 44, your thoughts? Yeah, this is an interesting game here. Packers also have that short turnaround, but they're not coming into this game expected to win it. They're home underdogs to a Chargers team that is not very good. The market is overrating the Chargers and has been for a long time, in my opinion. I know they have Justin Herbert. I know they have all the pieces to have a good offense. It doesn't all come together, and it's always the sum is less than than the parts that you see there. Now they have a one-receiver offense. Keenan Allen is amazing. He can do a lot, but it makes it a lot easier to defend if your defense has some solid cornerbacks, and Green Bay does. They just need to be healthy. They miss a you know, they're, they were beat up last week. They had one guy missed the game, I believe, um, and then uh, one guy was limited. And so if they can get a little bit healthier on defense, plus Quay Walker dealing with injury, safety dealing with injuries, I mean, really walking wounded for their defense. So keep an eye on this injury report. And if they are a little bit healthier, this is a pretty easy defense, I think, to or a pretty easy offense to defend with, uh, with Keenan Allen really being the funnel there. And then Austin Eckler getting the leftovers. Green Bay on offense looked like it had it looked like it was respectable on the road, and that's a spite mm-hmm. a poor game from Aaron Jones. We thought that Aaron Jones being out was really what was holding them back. He comes back. He actually struggled in that game last week, and they still did really well. But then Jordan Love had two bad picks to end the game at the end. You know, kind of that he's the guy that everybody considers Josh Allen. They saying Josh Allen, Josh is never going to be a good quarterback because all his turnovers. That really seems to be Jordan Love, the backbreaking turnovers at the worst time. I don't know if you can ever fully trust him. But the Chargers defense is thirty first in yards per pass. We saw that surface again against. A pretty solid offense last week um, and Green Bay's pass offense obviously isn't Detroit's I think they'd be able to score points in this game um, so with the Chargers power rating being average or maybe a little bit worse now and Green Bay having one of the better home fields in the league especially once you get later in the season this line is way off for me I would not be surprised if Green Bay was favored in this game so when it crept up to three and a half I immediately grabbed Green Bay I'm still putting it in on this podcast at plus three as a best bet because this line should be probably pick them I think in my opinion and like I said my power rings would actually make the Packers slight favorites because the Chargers aren't that good. I thought the exact same thing. It's not very often that sports books just completely get it wrong. We talk about what, a point or two sometimes, but this, in both of our opinions, is like three or four points off, at least. At least. All right. Now, four games down. I love this. I mean, no offense to the Maestro, but this is kind of fun, just you and I today. But as you know, we got to pay those pesky little bills as we continue to get bigger. Here's a word from one of our incredible partners. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 
By the way, big one tonight. We're on Duke minus Michigan State if you're watching us live. All right, let's move on. Now you're asking the questions. Where can I play a best bet of the Packers plus the three? Well, I can tell you, BetMGM. And I can also tell you that new BetMGM customers oh, can sign up today and get $200 in bonus bets. Just place your first wager of at least $10, and you'll receive $200 instantly in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome with bonus code EDGE200. That is bonus code EDGE200. Now, this next game, the Giants played in a game that the over was easy by the Cowboys on their own, but the Giants threw in 17 points for good measure. But the Commanders went on the road last week. We thought it would be an over game. That's exactly what happened. It played into the 50s, or yeah, into the 50s in Seattle. But now they come back home, they're laying 10. And this is kind of a rubber meets the road for the Commanders. If they want any shot at being relevant for the rest of the season, this week's got to be a dub. The total sitting at 37. Your thoughts? Here's another one, sleepy spot game. They play on Thursday. They have to face the the dreaded Cowboys, the Commanders do, next week. We saw what they just did to the Giants. Huge game for the Commanders if they want any respect. They're not paying attention to the Giants. The Giants are awful. Everybody knows they're awful. That's how this got up to a 10-point line. And with that defense, the Commanders should not be 10-point favorites against anyone. I have the Giants power rated as one of the worst teams the last few years that I can remember. I have it as a minus 10, 10 points under average. And I still would not make this line 10. I would make it eight. So Washington did play Seattle tough. That was their fourth road game in five weeks for Seattle or for Washington. And, and at, at the Dallas for Thursday next this is a brutal spot for them. Uh, Giants team, like I said, couldn't be any lower in value. It is their third straight on the road. Maybe that helps. The defense in that game last week against the Cowboys got beat down by injuries. You kept on seeing the the graphic come up with how who was hurt and who was out and who was questionable. And it was like, how can this team like get any injury luck at all? And I think that really helped cause the absurdly poor number numbers on defense because they have been playing pretty well defensively coming into that game so let's keep an eye on the injury report here and if it isn't awful for the defensive side i think they can stay in the number versus poor washington defense because i don't care who's at quarterback whether it's devito or or um, matt barkley um throwing it to saquon barkley they should be able to score some points on this commander's defense that is not playing well i would kind of prefer if they switch to matt barkley give them a little bit of threat of passing not that matt barkley is any good or, or going to save their season or anything but it's just tommy devito does not like he had like he has it as a passer and they're not confident in letting unleash him as a passer really um so with this major look ahead spot the trip to dallas on thanksgiving next i would fade the commanders in this spot now that it's all the way up to 10 maybe we get even higher but if i play this it's going to be giants plus 10 even as ugly as they look mm-hmm. a lot of good points right there by the way guess who is in the chat ladies and gentlemen the host of inside the lines our brand new show here at Sportsline, mckenzie brooks she says give me houston minus the four she is super, super, super smart. You have any questions for her? Put them into the chat. She will answer them for you in real time. All right, this next game may be a sleepy good one. The Raiders, since they made that coaching change, they're 2-0. Antonio Pierce has this team playing inspired football. So now, welcome to the show, Antonio Pierce, because you got to travel to Miami. They are upset. They just lost to the Chiefs over in Germany. So they're laying a robust RJ White 12 points. The total 46 and a half for a Miami team. That's not a super high total. It's all about can the Raiders score two? Where are you at on this one? I don't think the Raiders can really score. Um, their offense is 29th in yards per play. Aiden O'Connell not really lagging up at quarterback. I know they're getting wins. They're getting wins against very limited teams, and you cannot trust him on the road here against a team that does have a very good home field advantage. Typically, it's early in the season when the heat be- beats down on these teams and they have to play in the absolute heat with no shade on their side of the field. Um, but but I, I still think that they have one of the better home field advantages in the league, just historically based on the research I do every offseason. Um, so I'm not trusting them. The Las Vegas defense, 28th in yards for rush that the, the Dolphins might get Dave, Devon Achan back in this game. They can expand the lead in second half with their run game, no matter who's running the ball behind that that line. So Vegas and their interim coach beat up on those two offenses at home. This is a massive shift here. This is not, you know, Miami is worlds apart. They're number one in yards per play, seven more than seven yards per play. I am a little bit worried about the sleepy spot. Like I keep mentioning, Dolphins don't play on Thursday. They do play on Friday. They have to go at the Jets. Um, but the Jets aren't really an opponent that you're worried about in a look-ahead spot, number one. And number two, the Dolphins, like you said, coming off that bye. So so it's not like they they're turning around from a game now they have to worry about other stuff they can be focused they've been sitting sitting dealing with that loss for a week ready to come take it on the raiders i would lean to the dolphins even at the 12 because i think this line is maybe a little bit short but that's probably the peak of where it is if it gets any higher maybe it's just playing the raiders team total under to give you an idea of what rj is talking about the three games on thanksgiving are green bay detroit 
uh, Washington, Dallas, San Francisco, Seattle in the evening, and then on Friday, Miami and the Jets in the shadows of New York City. So it's a completely different schedule than we've ever had before. We've never had a Black Friday game before, but we have one this year. So we'll see how uh, people respond to that. I think it'll be a really good rating. I think it'll be a really high rating. All right, let's get back to the NFC because we've talked about the Cowboys a lot already, but now they've got to continue to back up, RJ, and this is something they haven't done a really good job of really for the last 25 years. They start getting some success. Oh, they're good. They're going to make a run, and then they lay an egg against a really good team, but against the bad ones, they have been dynamic. They're laying 10.5 on the road in Carolina to take on the Panthers. The total is 42. We know the Panthers have been unwilling or unable, whatever the word is, to score in a consistent basis. When you give double figures, double digits on the road, that is glaring. Your thoughts? Yeah, uh, another sleepy spot here. Cowboys play that Thursday game. They don't have to respect the Panthers after what the Panthers have shown. Why are they going to take the Panthers seriously? Right. But we saw this happen early in the season. Well, why did they have to take the Cardinals seriously? They went into that game as 12-point favorites. They lost as 12-point favorites on the road against a team that they should have beat pretty easily. Uh, this line got inflated off the Dallas destruction of Tommy DeVito, who, as bad as the Carolina offense is, it's not that bad. Uh, Bryce Young is able to move the ball a little bit, passing the ball. Um, Carolina's defense playing well. Four touchdowns allowed in their last three games on the defensive side of the ball. Dallas, when they get on the road, they're a different team. They average 17 points in their last four on the road. They're not the team that's scoring 40. They're doing all that at home. Um, and then mm -hmm. when they get on the road, it gets a little tougher there. Um, but 17 might be enough to cover. I mean, if this Carolina offense doesn't show up like it has in the past, I mean, uh, you could you can get a, a 20 to 7 type of game. Um, but power ratings would make it 8.5 um, just because Panthers are at least – as bad as they are, they're competent. They're not. They're not Giants level bad. They are the my thirty first mm -hmm. team in my power ratings, but still, I only make it eight and a half there. So I think Dallas could win in a blowout if they come into this game focused. They're not feeling themselves off that Giants that Giants destruction again. Um, but just keep that Arizona game in the back of your mind before you before you want to lay a bunch of points with this team on the road with that Thursday game next. My lean would be to Carolina, uh, even as bad as they've looked. 89 to 17, the Cowboys have outscored the Giants in two games this year. Absolutely embarrassing if you are the New York football Giants. Cowboys, can you keep it going? That's the question. Now, speaking of keeping it going, RJ, the Jags were unable to keep their winning streak going. They got blown out. San Francisco said, wait a second, we're still the 49ers. We're still great. And they played like it. So the Jags back at home this week, laying six and a half, very important game for their confidence, I believe, and their offense to say, I know we didn't score a touchdown, but we're still good. Now, the Titans come in. They also laid an egg against the Bucks because, as you've taught us many, many times right here on the early edge, that you can't take a rookie quarterback week to week to week because they don't adjust as fast as other quarterbacks. And we're seeing that with Will Levis. Your thoughts on this one? And this rookie quarterback is now in his third straight start on the road. He's not even getting the benefit of, of home cooking and, you know, a, a favorable crowd that's excited to see him play because he might be the future there. He just has to keep on going on the road over and over. And this is a great bounce back spot for Jacksonville. Second straight at home after they had a bye before that. Tennessee playing all these road games. Tennessee's offense had a 3.5 yards per play against the Tampa Bay defense. That's not that great, especially defending the pass. They actually profile very similar to Jacksonville. Good, solid, good run defense, bad pass defense. But Jacksonville is way better on third down defensively. And so that could be a problem here for this Titans team that can't get anything consistently done with Will Levis on third down. Tennessee's defense way easier to pass on than San Francisco. So I think Jacksonville's offense is going to bounce back, put up points here. We saw this early, earlier in the season. They had that egg against the, the Chiefs. They were able to get on a run against some bad teams and, and score some points and win some games. Um, so against these limited teams, you know, Jacksonville has no problem beating up with them. My, my ratings would only make it seven. I'm still comfortable making Jacksonville a minus six and a half best bet um, because I think it's a great bounce back spot for them and just brutal scheduling for the Titans third straight on the road with the rookie quarterback. The only reason to be scared of this is the Mike Vrabel magic of being an underdog and always covering as, a, as an underdog, but this might even be too much of a spot for him in this situation. Mm, I think that's really, really, really good point. Do not look now, ladies and gentlemen, because Jacksonville who felt like after their winning streak, Oh, they're running away with this division. Hold on a second. They are not running away with this division. Let me look at my notes. Oh, they're six and three. Who's the team now right behind them where their quarterback has gone from around plus 4,000 
down to about plus 2,000 in the MVP race. How do you do that when you got Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, all these big-time names? You ball out. And that's exactly what C.J. Stroud is doing. Another phenomenal performance two weeks in a row. Now, they come back home. Should be rocking, RJ. They're going to lay four to a Cardinals team that has Kyler Murray back, and they played in a shootout against the Falcons. But this is a Houston, Texas team now. You're starting to hear all of these quotes coming out of the locker room. It's amazing what you can do when you have a quarterback. It's amazing how good that quarterback is. This is starting to be a really good, feel-good story coming out of Houston. Your thoughts? I will point out, headline by D'Amico Ryans, a guy I love for Coach of the Year before the season. I have him at, a ticket for him at 20-1 to 1 to win the Coach of the Year. So hopefully we don't pay that mu- as much attention to C.J. Stroud and say it's all him. We can give some of the credit to D'Amico Ryans for hear you. Co- coordinating such a great team and, and really saving this team. They were had the whole offensive line injured at one point, five starters down, and they were still throwing it without abandon and, and having success doing it early in the season. And C.J. Stroud, now that some of those guys have come back, just looks unstoppable in this passing game. Arizona's offense looked good, too. I don't want to call them unstoppable, but Kyler Murray and James Conner coming back, they had 5.9 yards per play against what's been a pretty solid Atlanta defense. I think they ranked ninth or 10th in yards per play. And my worry with Kyler Murray coming back is that he would look limited after that long layoff, um, dealing with that injury. And But he did not. You know, he ran around on the ground, six carries, 33 yards, had a touchdown, had, a, I think, another long run besides the touchdown. So he's doing solid work there with his legs. Arizona's defense had a good game. Um, they're actually a little bit underrated. I think people, I think they ranked 20th but if you asked everybody they'd probably say they probably rank 28th 29th because they remember all these blowouts um so they can try anything hard to play i think they're solid but this is a step up for them and it's weird to say that against houston you know houston's pass offense is kind of become a different beast with how good they are throwing the ball houston's defense had been solid before that wild tampa bay game two weeks ago they are third in yards per rush so they can take away some of that effectiveness of, of cardinals running the ball at least traditionally we'll see how they can handle kyler murray's run run ability but if this game does become a test of passing offenses and they're doing their job um, but with the run defense. I want to be on the Houston side there. So I think four is the right number here. If it comes down anymore, I would probably lean more to the Texans. But, you know, a little bit scared about what the Cardinals showed with Kyler Murray under under center. But we do know when somebody exceeds expectations in that one game coming back, you know, he's probably going to regress a little bit in the second game. So if I'm going to go anywhere in this game, it's probably going to be Houston or playing some type of over because we're going to be a lot of points in this game. Yeah, Edwin says, I love this Houston over. So you would like this at 47 and a half? Yes. Yes, 47 and a half is pretty good. I think um, if, if anything, you might look to one of the teams uh, going over instead and Texans just because Cardinals are pretty solid against the run. Score points, score points, score points. So I think the Texans are more likely to push this over than anyone. So if you just want to be a little bit hesitant on Murray and the Cardinals offense um, and just play, and especially on the road and just play this Texans over, I'd be OK with that, too. Such a smart way. Really listen. You guys come here for a reason because you get educated. You get entertained, but you also become a lot smarter when you walk out the door. Don't just look at the two totals and and the side. There's so many different ways. Every sports book, literally hundreds of different bets for every single NFL game. Now, we got three at four o'clock to get to. But before we do that, oh, we got to hear from one more of our incredible partners. A little bonus play for you. Take UNLV. Everybody is sleeping on them. Air Force has slipped back a little bit in recent weeks. Take UNLV. All right. This game is interesting because we talked about the uh, AFC North all being above 500. Well, the NFC South, RJ, doesn't have any teams above 500. The Saints are 5-5 five and five in first place, but the Bucks are just a half a game back, 4-5. and five. They travel to a team that looked amazing. Coming out their bye week, coming out three straight losses. The 49ers went to Jacksonville and said, wait a second, we're still it. We're still the guys. Now they're favored by 11 over the fighting Baker Mayfields. Total, 41 and a half. You normally, RJ, don't have those two numbers together. Talk to me. Yeah, interesting game here. San Francisco looked all the way back. Um, their struggles offensively really tied to the Trent Williams injury. He, he's, I've been saying, the MVP of that offense. I know everybody gives all the props to Christian McCaffrey and Brandon Ayuk for good reason. Brock Purdy, you know, the next Tom Brady gets a lot of that that love. So much so that every every undrafted quarterback and late-round quarterback this year is the next Brock Purdy. They already have anointed him as as a made man, I guess, and now everybody else is, is trying to play like him. Um, and But San Francisco, Trent Williams is the real deal, and he gives – 
Brock Purdy time to throw the ball. They have time to execute that offense. And we saw the difference it made against Jacksonville. Um, but the defense was really the most important part of that game. I mean, Jacksonville didn't do anything offensively. They had this defense had been a big part of the problem during the losing streak. Uh, I they made a big deal of Steve Wilkes coming out of the booth and being on the sidelines. I mean, it doesn't seem like something that simple would matter. Otherwise, coaches, every coach would do it, but maybe it does in this situation for some reason. I don't know. Um, Tampa Bay's pass offense a little bit better than Jacksonville's. They are top six in interception rate and sack rate. So they don't throw a lot of picks. They don't allow a lot of sacks. Um, so they could do a little bit offensively here. Um, maybe their defense can give San Fran a little trouble in the run game because we know they're so good defensively against the run. Um, and their secondary held up better last week, too, than I thought they would. I thought Will Levis would be able to come in and do at least a little bit considering the injuries they were dealing with on the secondary. And they didn't do anything. You know, the Tennessee did not do anything in that game. Um, I will point out again, though, sleepy spot for San Francisco. They have a crucial game against Seattle next week on Thursday. I believe it is in Seattle, too. So if they're, the focus wanes at all in this game, considering the Buccaneers, they should mop the floor with them is what this line is telling you. Tampa Bay is capable with that pass offense of getting a backdoor cover here. My power rings will make the line a little bit higher. I don't really trust it because of the spot and because Tampa Bay is capable of these backdoor covers, I believe, with that offense. So I would lean to Tampa. I do want the line to get a little higher before I play it, though. Not only is the game in Seattle next week, RJ, but it's at night. And we know what that atmosphere is like at night in Seattle. Can't look ahead, but it's hard not to. Now, that game's at 4.05 Eastern on Sunday, the first 4.25 p.m. Eastern game. And when I look at the wild card race currently, if the season ended today, this would be the three names that in the AFC, RJ, would be a wild card selection. Pittsburgh. Cleveland, Houston. Then you keep going down the list. Cincinnati would be fourth. Indianapolis is in the fifth spot, wild card spot. And then the Buffalo Bills at five and five. Now, the one thing that a lot of people in the chat don't realize is that, yeah, I'm diehard Chiefs. Everybody knows your Bills, but you separate. You're a professional. And there's been many times I'm like, what do you? And you say the opposite of what I think because you understand your role on this show. After last night, allowing that late field goal to the Broncos to fall to five and five. Is there even the thought process of other than we just have to get a spot at this point and figure out what we're doing wrong? Your thoughts? Well, they fixed everything. They fired the offensive coordinator. So, I mean, the offense that is thir third in yards per play, I think second on third down rate, third on touchdown rate, just uh, metrics up and down the board. Very, very good offense. That was The offensive coordinator was obviously the problem. And I've never been the biggest Ken Dorsey fan. I'm obviously completely head over heels for Brian Dayball. I hated losing him. Did not think that Ken Dorsey would be able to live in, step into his shoes and have a similar type of role. But they actually have been an effective offense. The, the defense has been a struggle, a lot of injuries on that. So I'm not going to completely blame Sean McDermott for that, but he hasn't really had the winning formula either. I think if anybody's the problem, it's probably him. And um, maybe it's time. Uh, maybe he's not going to win a Super Bowl with this team. Maybe you need an often more offensive minded coach to come in, take Josh Allen to the next level, turn him back into an MVP candidate because everybody thinks that Josh Allen is the problem. He has 14 turnovers, including fumbles and interceptions. Guys like Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes have 10 and 11. So, I mean, you take away three interceptions over 10 games and, and you're talking about an MVP candidate rather than a guy that people think is now trash. Uh, so I don't think Josh Allen's the problem. I don't think Ken Dorsey was the problem. I think the offense will be able to score points um, even against this Jets defense. I know the Jets have had the black magic to stop them uh, and whatever is, has been working the last few few years. But, you know, Josh Allen got hurt in that first game last year, was still dealing with the injury in the second game, kind of beat up. Uh, he wasn't beat up in, in week one there. It was just a weird game with the Aaron Rodgers injury and just completely shell shot and some of those interceptions. Um, but I think that the, the rush offense can step up. We saw a little bit of it from James Cook once he got out of the doghouse for that early fumble. Um, the key thing here, though, is that the Jets' offense is awful. They had zero touchdowns against a bad Chargers defense, against a bad Vegas defense in the last two weeks. They've had eight of offensive touchdowns on the season. They haven't scored an offensive touchdown since the first quarter against the Giants, and that was a 50-yard kind of broken run by, by Brees Hall that it wasn't a sustained drive. They don't have very many successful sustained drives 
drives this season. So even a struggling Buffalo defense can have success against this team. They still have good pass rush. And when you pressure Zach Wilson, he's abysmal under pressure. We saw in those na these national games we've been seeing, he just folds when he sees the little bit of pressure here in this game. And these Buffalo guys are talented enough to get that. The Buffalo rush defense has been a problem, but they stepped up against Denver. Denver's offense has been very good running the ball. And as a result, the Buffalo uh, offense won the yards per play battle in that game, 7.1 to 4.2. Despite the loss, they completely dominated the statistics. You could say, okay, it was just the turnovers. They did have some bad turnovers, but those four turnovers only led to six points. So, I, you know, it was just kind of a weird thing. I think Buffalo wins that game more often than not. So I don't want to adjust them down too much. And I would make this line nine and a half before that game last night. I adjusted down a little bit. I would make it nine here. So my lean, even with the turmoil for Buffalo, is to Buffalo, even with the narrative that the Jets defense always solve them because I think they can just go into this game, not take too many risks and put it to this Jets team that cannot score and win a game something like 20 to 10. So many different reasons why we think, and the reason is so much discussion is because the Bills, I still think they should be in a discussion for being a Super Bowl quality team that just might not be playing up to that right now. But they still have a ton of good players. Now, McKenzie, who's always inside the lines, see what I did there? She says that the Bills lose to the Jets. Our Sims have their playoff chances dropping to 8%. Wow, for a team. I mean, he was a Madden cover guy, and all of a sudden, they've got to figure this out, but they have the talent to do it, and that's the key. The one thing, the yeah, one thing, yeah, and I think that all makes sense when the numbers, when you just look at the numbers of these teams, but the, you mentioned the teams that are in the wild card spots right now. It's Cleveland, mm -hmm. it's Pittsburgh, it's Houston. Yeah. Houston playing a little bit over their head defensively. Um, you know, offensively, they look great, but you don't expect this to continue as fully as it has for CJ Stroud. Mm -hmm. Cleveland offense, kind of a struggle at times. I've uh, been very inconsistent. Everybody's been waiting for Deshaun Watson to figure it out for a year now. And maybe he just did in the second half of that game while banged up, but we still got still to prove it more. And then Pittsburgh, uh, you know, outgained nine straight times even though with their record, I don't think anybody really fully believes in them. So even though some of these teams like the Bills are going to have these lower percentage-wise, maybe attack the futures market for some of these teams to make the playoffs because the teams at the top on the wild card spots right now do not look like the strongest of teams that are going to run away with these, this kind of thing. So you, I think you, you have a team like the Bengals getting in. You might have the Bills circling back and getting in. Maybe another random team out of nowhere comes out and gets a playoff spot. So keep an eye on that. Hashtag educate and entertain, ladies and gentlemen. That's what we're all about right here. Uh, quickly, here's a schedule for the Texans. Uh, Cardinals this week uh, in Houston. Then they have Jacksonville at home. They have Denver at home. So three straight home games for the Texans. Then they go to the Jets, to the Titans. Not horrible. Home to Cleveland. Home to Tennessee. Then they wind up the season at the Colts. So of those three teams, I'd certainly say, RJ, would you say they would have the easiest schedule of the three wildcard teams right now? For sure. And then a lot of the teams behind them are going to be struggling too. The Bills, you look at their schedule. I mean, they have to go, they get this game against the Jets, which I think is winnable, but then they go at Philly, tough game. They get their bye. Then they go at Kansas City, another tough game. Then they're home against Dallas. And then they have late in the season, week 18 at Miami. So my, hopefully Miami is not playing for anything in that game because if, uh, if this team cannot go into Miami and win right now, I, despite what they, we saw earlier in the season. Um, but yeah, it's just week after week of, of tough games. Then you throw a little uh, game against the Patriots and that we can hopefully win at the end of the season to, to make things a little bit easier there yeah they've got a whole brand new stadium coming and they need that momentum back again but this is why you play the games right this is why you play the games all right now the final 425 game on sunday seahawks we talk about what do you call it a not a letdown spot but the the sleepy spot. The sleepy spot. I like that even better. The sleepy spot. So they're going to be home against San Francisco on Thanksgiving. So they travel to L.A. Beautiful SoFi Stadium. If you've never been there, I encourage you to go. It's unbelievable. And the Rams are favored by one here. Total 46. I think I know why, but educate the people at home why the Rams are favored here. Yeah, this is interesting. I wouldn't consider it a sleepy spot because this is a, an even up team that, that Seattle's going to have to try hard to beat. You know, it's not a team that they can walk in and expect to beat, especially because it's Sean McVay versus Pete Carroll and Sean McVay nine and one against the spread in his last 10 against Pete Carroll and the Seattle team, which I, I would consider being able to overcome that earlier in the year is looking less and less elite by the week. They're just hanging on against some of these teams that aren't great. They pile up yards against an awful Washington defense, had to settle for five field goals, had one 64 yard touchdown in that game. They are not able to 
to sustain drives, get in the red zone, score some points um, consistently, and that's a problem. Uh, you can't do it against Washington. There's not many teams, even against, even the Rams, that you can count on them doing it. Their defense now down to 15th in yards per play. They're 30th on third down rate, third, 29th in red zone rate. They could struggle against some legit offenses, and the reason this came down is was two and a half for the Seahawks is that Matthew Stafford is trending toward returning. And if Matthew Stafford is back, the Rams have a legit offense, two good weapons in Cooper Cup, one of the best in the league with, with the, the the rapport between those two, Puka Nakua hanging around, some solid secondary options. They did score 30 in Seattle's first meeting. It was a little bit back and forth in that first half, and they dominated the second half, even with the defense that 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 not a lot of people believe in, um, completely shut down Seattle in the second half. So the number for me is right based on power rating, but with Stafford, once Stafford gets confirmed back, I could see it going up a little more. And even at less than three, I think the Rams are the clear play just because of the history of these teams and McVay just has Pete Carroll's number. All right. They always seem to. It's all about matchups. We talk about that all the time. Speaking of matchups, Sunday night football should be fascinating. The storylines are fascinating. On the visiting side, you've got the Vikings who RJ all season. We've been discounting. Oh, they're not that good. Or They had a bad loss here. And then we look down and we go, oh, wait a second. All of a sudden, they're six and four. All of a sudden, they would be the third wildcard team right now. It's amazing what Josh Dobbs has done in two weeks since coming over from the Arizona Cardinals. Now, the Broncos are one of seven teams, seven, that are within one game of that third wildcard spot. It's going to be a race for these final eight weeks, and I'm here for it. But here's the numbers. The Broncos favored by two. The total is 43 and a half for Sunday night. Your thoughts? Yeah, not just 6-4 and four for the Vikings. They started 0-3. And, and remember at that point, everybody said, oh, the regression that we thought was coming last year, all the one-score wins, that all caught up to them. This is going to be the, the year from hell for the Vikings. And when your starting quarterback that you rely on heavily goes out midseason, you're like, okay, that's probably true. But they're on a five-game winning streak, even with that injury. Um, and they haven't beaten some of the best teams, but they have three of those wins on the road. Um, it's very similar to the Jacksonville win streak when they had five in a row. And everybody talked to the Jacksonville's praises, unbeatable, and, and they, they're going to run away with the AFC North or AFC South um, and, and Jacksonville is really looking like a Super Bowl contender. Um, nobody's saying that about the Vikings. I understand because Josh Dobbs is a quarterback. You can't really say that. This is a very good coaching staff and they're very, they're able to maximize what they do well. And Brian Flores has been a revelation on defense. That defense was completely, you know, Swiss cheese last year. You do anything you want against them. He came in, gave them a new mentality right away. Super aggressive. Um, dialed, dialed back the blitzing a little bit, uh, you know, when he's need to throughout the season like against the Chiefs but they've been really strong defensively uh, and I don't think anybody could predict how high this defense ranks right now and I, they're probably still underrated because nobody's really cl clocked it with, with some of these games um, the Minnesota offense had no issues against the Saints defense that a lot of people think are pretty solid in the second quarter Josh Dobbs executed three touchdown drives of 75 plus yards you know to have that in one game that's some elite offense type of stuff and so if he can you know bottle that and, and break it out regularly throughout a game you know they're going to score some points down down the stretch here. Denver's defense was historically bad, bad to start the year. They have been improved when we saw it against Buffalo, um, limiting their point total. We saw it in those two games against the Chiefs, even though extenuating circumstances with the weather the first game, Patrick Mahomes' illness the second game. Um, so there is something there. I just don't think they're as bad as they looked in the first half of the season, even though they aren't as great as they've looked in some of these games that allow 7.1 yards for play at the Buffalo again. Not a great performance there. Um, offense solid. Russell Wilson looks like a completely different quarterback. Uh, now that Nathaniel Hackett isn't calling the offense there. Um, they're typically better at running the ball. Minnesota's defense fifth in yards per run. Denver's offense also 29th in sack rate. So that Minnesota defense that brings constant pressure can get home and rattle Russ a little bit. I think this line is about right. Look out for Justin Jefferson. If he is trending toward playing in this game, I'm probably going to look to Minnesota because I think they can go in in a tough road spot and win the game just with this dynamic of this team that they've shown. When they play some really good teams, they're going to be. it's going to be tough for them to win games. But I don't think the Broncos are one of those teams. I think they can go in and win this game. I don't think people understand how hard it is as a quarterback of an NFL team or a college team to get the team to be behind you. How much harder is it, RJ, when you do it by being traded in the middle of a season? Everything's different. You come in and do this. How impressive just what they've done the last two weeks is it to you? 
It's very impressive, but this is nothing new for Josh Dobbs. This is the this is the place he's had success. But he came off the street and signed with Tennessee last year, and within I believe ten days he was starting a, a game. Now they did not cover that game. It was on the road against the Cowboys. They were the twelve and a half point dogs, I think, in that game. Only lost by fourteen. He didn't make an embarrassment of himself. He came in on short notice, learned the offense, was able to execute, and then the next week was on track to get tight, the Titans to the playoffs, except for there was a late fumble in the fourth quarter. Josh Allen scooped it up. Not not my Josh Allen, the Jacksonville Josh Allen. Rushed it all the way back for the touchdown and won a close game. I believe it was 20-16. to 16. Tennessee was on track to win that game. Not a great offensive performance by Dodds, but did enough to put them in position to win. And you fast forward to this year. Um, he gets cut or he gets traded uh, to the Cardinals uh, at the end of camp. He has 10 days to come in and learn the offense there, two weeks or something, wow. and gets named the starter. Comes in competitive right away. Everybody that had Washington in a survivor pool, myself included, was almost had a heart attack in that game because they, they went out there and they competed with Washington and almost won in that game. The next week, they completely took it to the Giants for a half, dominated them completely, and then Giants were able to rally back and get a weird win there. And then the next week, they went on and they beat the Cowboys, a team that was favored by 12. This is on completely little notice that Josh Dobbs is doing this. Then you get to this time. Your Cardinals know that they're getting Kyler Murray back. They're ready to get something for Josh Dobbs, move him to a team that needs him in Minnesota. Minnesota. This is his best supporting cast that he's had out of those two spots. You know, now he has some pass catchers he can throw to. He yep. has a pretty strong defense, and he's going to get Justin Jefferson back at one point. You thought he was good before. Wait till he has Justin Jefferson and just throw the ball up and take some double teams, and and then he can run around with his legs and make some plays there. So I think this is a playoff team right now. Um, I bet them to win the division before the season to take a little bit of regression off the Lions. That obviously did not happen. I think the Lions are going to win the division, but I think the Vikings are live. They're playing really good football right now with Josh Jobs at quarterback so i would take them at plus two i think this line is going to go down like i said when uh, when jefferson's ruled in so i'm going to look at this line and hopefully get to play them as an underdog here yeah a full game and a half lead right now over tampa bay and washington for that third and final uh wild card uh spot i haven't asked you in a couple of weeks are you and maestro still alive in your survivor pool we are. We took the cowards way out last week and just played Dallas. So everybody played Dallas and uh, we got through, but it was a good move because the pivot there would have been Cincinnati and Cincinnati will end up losing that game. So we, we survived in advanced. I believe the pool is down to like 1600 people at, at the place we're playing um, at a, at a pool of 1.3 million, I believe. Um, so we'll see who, who gets there with that size of a pool. You think that there's going to be some consensus picks that lose at some point. And this is the week I keep saying sleepy spot. This is the week. I think some teams, that have some of these these teams that they haven't used a Dolphins a a um, a 49ers they're going to wow. use them and some of these teams might lose and you know might get this field cut in half at least you know and get down to 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 three digit numbers here and uh, and have a chance to run it so we'll see it's going to be some tough spots we've used a lot of the good teams we're going to have to rely rely on a team like Pittsburgh at some point rely on Houston to <laughs> to win one of these spots at home brutal, um, brutal. But, but I think I think we I think we have a good shot to get there. My God, think about that. Over a million people, and they're down to 1,600. Gosh, my guys are so good. I keep telling you that. I can't tell you enough. Now, by the way, a couple of you asked and saying, I hope Maestro's okay. He was scheduled to be off today. He has. We have a million different jobs here at CBS, so he was on assignment. He's fine. He'll be back. No big deal at all. All right, final game of the week, and we've been waiting all season for this one. A Super Bowl rematch in Arrowhead. It's the Eagles. It's the Chiefs. It's Kelsey versus Kelsey. It's the number one team in the NFC against the number one team in the AFC. It all matches up. Chiefs are favored by three. Total is 46. Now, both teams, RJ, haven't looked great the entire season, but they have learned to do what you have to do in the NFL, and that is win football games but now rubber meets the road your thoughts my thoughts are that i have bets on both these teams to go over 11 and a half wins so if we can find a way to get both of them a win in this game i would be very happy for that um yeah. but i think the chiefs are the much better team here their offense and defense are top five in yards per play philly is 11th and 19th respectively there Kansas City's offense also first in sack rate. They don't give up a lot of sacks, obviously, with one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He's able to avoid some of that, and that will slow down the Philly pass rush and give him a chance to attack the second year that, frankly, has not been playing very well the last few weeks. I know Philly's 8-1. and one. I'm a big backer of them. I have them a lot of futures bets. I, I I bet them five straight weeks. You know, I picked them for the for the contest that I'm in. Um, I was backing them, backing them, but 
this team to me looks like it's a, something a little bit wrong there. We'll see if they got it fixed during the bye defensively. Would they need Hurts back to full health to create first downs with his legs here because Kansas City's defense second in sack rate, while Philly's offense is 18. So if he's not able to have the same mobility and he's back there taking sacks, it's going to be a little bit of a problem in this matchup where you have to be at your best. Can't count him out, though. He came into that 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 run last year in the Super Bowl hurt, and we were we didn't know what Jalen Hurts t- to expect coming into the, uh, the Super Bowl because he didn't have to do too much in those games running up there. They were dominating teams with their defense largely in run game and he was awesome he, he i think he probably outplayed mahomes in the game even though they lost um and so it, it was really good stuff from him we'll see if that jalen hurt shows up in this game if he does eagles probably win it i think three is the right number the time to get in on the chiefs was two and a half um philly's defense just being 25th on third down and 26 in the red zone really scares me from playing them at plus three because mahomes just might throw it all over them and run up the score if they did not get their issues fixed defensively I don't expect the number to get higher, though. So, I mean, three is probably where he's locked in. Chiefs are probably a little bit higher tier than the Eagles, despite the record there. So, I think Chiefs is probably the way you got to look in this game. But I don't love it because we know that Jalen Hurts, that could show up from the Super Bowl last year. If he shows up, they're going to really have a live chance to win the game. No question. That's what makes this game such a fascinating one. Now, today on the morning show, RJ, we talked about the MVP odds. And right now, Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes are tied at plus 300. I played C.J. Stroud a little sprinkle yesterday as he dropped. And he, he was once at plus 5,000. Now he, most books is plus 2,000. Do you still think that Hurts and Mahomes should be the leaders in the MVP race? Yeah, I think probably. I think their teams are number one in the, in the league right now. Um, you know, on, on, in, in their conferences, um, and a lot of it is 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 down to them. It's not like they're playing bad. It's not like they're getting carried. Um, like I think uh, Brock Purdy and the the Forty ers quarterbacks in general were last year, especially when McCaffrey came to San Francisco. There, um, so I I do agree with that. Um, it's going to take some losses, I think, for them to take a little step back. Jalen Hurts, frankly, should have won it last year. He had that injury late in the year. He was on track, I think, to win it before before that fell apart because he missed those last two games and then he came back uh, less than 100 percent in that that final game there but i thought he if he stayed healthy he would have won it there and he's just going to rack up you know first downs with the brotherly shove and touchdowns and uh, with his legs and uh, that passing game looks elite with aj brown running things there so really gutted for them that they lost dallas goddard for a few weeks with his injury we'll see if they can replace that because he's a very important valve to teams that could do a little bit on cornerback and, and slow down these receivers even a little bit i know you can't slow down aj brown he has something like 125 yards and six straight mm-hmm. But at least take Devontae Smith out of the game. You at least have that outlet with Dallas Goddard. Now you don't have that for a few games. We'll see how they compensate for that. Um, but but Patrick Mahomes is obvious. Statistically, he hasn't been as good as he has in the past. And I think there's a little bit of voter fatigue there. So unless the Chiefs win the rest of their games, run away with it, and they're like the best team in the league at 15-2, and two, I don't think the voters are going to want to vote for him. They're going to want to pivot to somebody like a Jalen Hurts, like a Tua if Miami runs away with the AFC East because Buffalo's struggling. So I think look to those type of guys and get a little bit of freshness in there um, rather than the voters keep going back to Mahomes. I would love for them to shock the system and vote for C.J. Stroud if he goes bananas the last eight weeks. By the way, Big Cheesy, I see you. I see you. Snake's got that finger on. Oh, oh, I see you. All right, grab your paper, grab your pencil. Here's the recap. Two best bets for RJ White. Explain yourself. I have the Packers plus three. That line is way off to me. I would not be surprised if the Packers were favored in that game when the line came out. So the fact that you could get the Chargers at minus three and a half and get the fade them with Packers plus three and a half is crazy to me. I think that the Packers are, are at least close enough to the Chargers with their home field advantage that it should be a close game. So take the Packers plus three. Jaguars minus six and a half. The line isn't terrible, but this is such a great spot for them. Um, second straight home game. They're going to bounce back well after being embarrassed last week in Tennessee, just rolling through their third straight road game with a rookie quarterback. going to be very tough for them. All right. So those are your two best bets. Keep an eye on these lines as we move throughout the week. The reason we give them out on Tuesdays is because we feel like there's a lot of value before we get to Sunday. It's kind of fun just one-on-one with RJ. You guys can see how much knowledge the man has. The Maestro will be back next week. No issues whatsoever. So with all that being done and all that being done, I don't even know what I just said. There's only one thing left to do, and I believe you all know what that is. You've got your marching orders. Let's take all of these NFL tickets straight to the pay window. My Tiger, love all the stoic one, R.J. White. Our executive producer, the snake always hovering on the ones and the twos. I am simply the coach. We do this every single day, every weekday, two shows, every Sunday, two shows. Saturdays, we ease it off just a little bit. 
We grind for you so we can win with you is truly what we're all about. Thanks for hanging out with us on a Tuesday afternoon, no less, right here on The Early Edge. Good luck. Good luck.